This podcast is sponsored by MedLite. First and first response. When they trust you to get there, trust Kimtex MedLite Transport Skid Units, the best-selling off-road rescue units in the world. Equipped for medical rescue and compatible with most UTVs, MedLite from Kimtech answers the call. Contact them at 888-546-8358 or kimtechresearch.com. I've been on a low, I've been taking my time I feel like I'm out of my mind It feel like my life ain't mine Hey everyone, welcome back. This is Project Mayday. This is Brie and G. And today we have Mickey Somerville. Mickey Somerville has been an EMS for six years, and we're going to talk about her transition from EMT to paramedic with some hardships specific to women in EMS. So thank you, Mickey, for coming on. Of course. All right. So Mickey, um, thank you for coming on. And Let's dive right into it. What got you into uh, EMS? Um, honestly, it was just, it was really by luck. Uh, it was a little bit of prodding uh, from my from my spouse at the time. And I had opened up uh, a childcare out of my home to be able to stay home with my two kids at the time. And in order to support him so that he could go into nursing school and can, and you know, complete that, that part of his journey. Um, so I, you know, took a basic CPR and first aid class for the childcare and it just wasn't quite enough. I didn't feel like I was very prepared to take care of, you know, up to 14 kids and not have a little bit more knowledge. So I took, uh, the local EMT class at the college and, um, really enjoyed it. Did really well. Um, it, you know, it, but it didn't, I, I struggled a little bit with, um, with some of the information, it didn't quite make sense. And then I did my ride along and it was like, Oh, okay. I, I, I'd be really good at this. And, um, and I ended up getting, uh, you know, an on-call part-time position with our local fire department and i uh, trained under Bree. Um, and she was, she was my mentor through that. And we, um, you know, well, me, we, uh, this whole collective of my village really, uh, made me realize that it was it was where I needed to be. So uh, after two years, uh, I ended up getting a full-time position at the local fire department uh, as a full-time IFT EMT and really got my feet wet uh, during that time. Got it. So that's where I started. Got it. Um, and you talk about, you know, that Brie was your men, you know, your mentor higher up. I can't wait to get into that. Um, <laughs> Because I only know her as the friend and uh, the you know mom of my godson, so it's going to be interesting to hear uh, the mentor side of things. Uh, but before that, um, dive into you know what and um, you know you're in paramedic school, or you're about to finish up paramedic school now. Um, how is that process going for you currently? Well, uh, to, to take, it's a long story. It's obviously two years worth, um, but to shorten it up a little bit. I, I went, it took me about three years to decide that I was going to actually go into medic school. There was a lot, I had a lot of pushback. I had a lot of support. I had a lot of, you know, other people's opinions about what I should be doing with my life. And I mean, I'm, I, I'm pushing 40. I, it's not like I'm, I'm in this for, for the long haul. This is, this was a very abrupt decision. 
um, you know, as, as abrupt as three years can be. Uh, but it took me about three years to decide that I was going to make the jump. And I enrolled and went up with uh, friends that I worked with, co-workers. We all went up together and, and uh, entered into the program at College of the Redwoods and flew through the first semester. It was like, all right, this is it. A few struggles here and there trying to understand different things, but, but you know, to be expected. Uh, finished that first semester and it was a struggle uh, personally as far as, you know, family dynamic and having three young children. I had a baby um, in 2016 between all of this. So I had three kids ages, um, you know, baby to eight years old and trying to navigate that was, was tough. Um, so my personal side of my life really, really, uh, put a halt on paramedic school for me. I could not get rid of the guilt. The mom guilt was legit. It was something I had never experienced as a mom. It was not, I had never experienced on a professional level, how to get around all of that. I wasn't a hundred percent for anybody, my employer. I wasn't a hundred percent for my kids, myself, my spouse. It was just, it was garbage. So I made the decision after the first semester of medical school to not go back because mm. I was falling apart. I wasn't sleeping. I was working full time while trying to study. I hadn't even started clinicals and I, I just, I couldn't see how I was, it was going to get any better. And I didn't, I wasn't up for that at that time. So I did not, I finished the first semester and got my credits, um, but opted to not go back. And then, uh, during that summer of, um, the second semester, I'm watching my coworkers and my fellow students go through their internships. And I, I worked with one of my, my coworkers, um, was also a classmate and I was his EMT during his internship. And I realized on one call that it was like, this is where I'm supposed to be. And this is what I'm supposed to be doing. It just took a lot longer for me to figure that out. Um, and I needed to figure out how to get back to finish. Um, it's a challenge, uh, for sure. Uh, trying to figure out how I was going to do that. Uh, I was in the middle of a divorce and, you know, kids, all two kids in school, you know, middle school, elementary school, and then one toddler trying to figure all this out. And, uh, I ended up, I enrolled. They invited me back to come back for the second semester without having to repeat the first and finished, finished through that. Did my, you know, my, my hospital time still 200 hours to finish. And it was, I don't even know how I did it. I, I told Bree earlier, it was, it was an hour by hour situation mm -hmm. where I woke up. I was like, all right, I got four hours of sleep. I did that for about six months where I slept four hours a night and that's all I could get because I was working 48 to 72 hours a week. I was in school three hours away, 16 hours a week. I was having to study. I was having to do a minimum of 48 hours of hospital time in order to complete it when I needed to. So it was, I don't know. I don't know how I did it. Mm -hmm. um, I lost a lot of relationships with that. I gained a lot more relationships from that, that, uh, that six months, um, but I made it through. Yeah. Passed the class you know, passed my capstone, did my internship, did, you know, did all my skills testing. And now I'm just waiting to, to, uh, pass national registry. That's amazing. So oh. it was, it was a rough, it was really, really rough for the last six to seven months, um, mm. trying to figure that out. So Mickey, you know, you said that you lacked 
confidence, essentially, in summary, of going even into paramedic school, the transition from EMT to paramedic. So why? Was it you didn't have mentorship? Was it the pull at home? Can you kind of dive into that? Because in the workforce right now, only about 30% of EMS as a general average are female. So, you know, just examining the hurdles, I think we should dive into that for mental wellness of our female first responders. Sure. Uh, Honestly, the the best support that I had was from work, was my coworkers. I had Mm. those paramedics that that went through that, that they knew, they knew exactly what I was going through. They did it. They, they did it. They passed it. They're all working as paramedics. So of course that support was there. Um, but it was really hard when the personal side would come in. I wasn't home enough. I wasn't there with my kids on activities at school. I wasn't there to cook dinner and do laundry. It wasn't, you know, and it was just, the poll was personally, it was, it was being judged. Uh, from family, from close friends that, are you sure that's really what you want to do? You want to be gone 48 hours a week? You want, you know, you want to be away from home and let somebody else take care of your kids? And it's like, I wanted to show my kids that you don't quit. You Mm -hmm. don't give up. Even if it's not something I end up doing for another 20 years, because with math, logically, I'm not going to do it for 20 years. (laughs) But I knew, I knew that if I quit, it was showing my kids that they can't do that. Like, it, it, if you have something you want to do, go do it. And the kids, yes, they're only little for so long. But that made me realize that when I was home, I needed to be home. My phone is off or it's on, you know, I'm only accepting certain phone calls. I'm not on Instagram. I'm not on Facebook. I'm not, there's no social media. It's when I'm home, I'm home. And it took me months to figure that out. Mm-hmm. And... It didn't matter. The dishes didn't need to be done. It was when I was home, we were reading stories, we were playing games. We were all doing something together as a family. And it really made me realize how important it is to have your family time. And work will be there. School will be there. And it was. That's how I made it through that six months of school, work, clinical, internship. It, it It all made sense once I prioritized what was important. Mm. and and had my schedule so i can't say that i came out ahead as far as my mental wellness but i'm better now than i was when i started got it and you think that's gonna do you think that's gonna play a role um of you know when you're finally working as a medic um that's gonna play a role like your what you've been through as far as you know paramedic school and all all this home life uh stuff that that was you know fighting with your school life. Um, do you think that's going to play a role into your work life? Like when you're actually start working as a mech, are you going to be more intuitive of not falling into the spiral that most people fall into? Yeah, absolutely. The, I mean, ultimately I would, after going through my internship, I, I realized I want to teach people and I've seen Bree do it. I watched her go from field medic to instructor and that's, and we train and we bring in new EMTs. That's where I realized that my strength is, is teaching. And so I realized that now as I get into that role of paramedic, I can teach as we, we bring people in and I understand, and I can teach that part of it of don't let, don't, don't become the statistic. Don't, 
don't let the job be more important than your family. Don't let them be more important than your kids. Be present when you're at work, 100%. But when you go home, leave it, leave it at work and go home and be present with your family. And yeah. so going through that struggle really, really, it's, it's here. It's, it's front and center. I understand it way more now than I ever did before. That's awesome. By going through it. That's amazing. Um, let's let's put the brakes. I want to hear about Bree as a mentor. I really, really do. Uh, I know this is your episode. This is about you, but I just want to put a little quick pause in it to talk about Bree as a mentor. So she loves all. I love tea. Stuff. I love Bree tea. Uh, so let's talk about Bree. Let's talk. How was that? So my let I'll, let me back up a little bit. My first experience with Bree as a paramedic was actually she responded to my 911 call. She was the patient. <laughs> I was the patient. Was she and, studying? And <laughs> under no, like, I am that firm believer, unless I am dying, I will not call 911. And I had, I just had uh, gallbladder surgery and ended up with pancreatitis right after the surgery. And here I have Bree, and I had only known her for a few months, um, we had met through my through my ex-husband um who who worked at the department and so I, I vaguely knew her i knew she had two young kids and it was just this here comes this very brash very intense upfront no bullshit paramedic and here and here's with his face i mean look at the face he has <laughs> and i get in the back of the ambulance with her and she is so intense and she is so, I mean, she is so professional and just, she, and even though we were friends, it was, it was all business because she had to figure out what was going on with me and we didn't know at the time. And so that was my first impression of her. So of course I come on as a part-time brand new EMT with this, this badass mom paramedic <laughs> and it, she's very intimidating. She's very intimidating. Yeah, but, nah. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, I mean, she knows, she knows her stuff and that I had the highest respect for her because she was doing what most, most women aren't allowed to do. They don't, they, they can't work. They can't be a mom. They can't do all these, they can't teach. They can't do all these things that she was doing, yet she, she was doing it. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was, she was, she became a role model first and then she started training me and I learned so much about patient care and how to deal with the politics of the business because that's not something you learn out of a textbook. It's something you learn from the people who teach you who have experienced it and how to deal with all the bullshit that happens. Um, and so that's when my personality came out because she's me, the other side of me. <laughs> and we talk about that all the time. I'm the blonde, she's the brunette. Like, she's the other... <laughs> She's the, she's the other half of my personality and really helped me figure out who I was yeah. because of that job. Yeah. That's so. Are you satisfied, G? Uh, I, think there's, I think there's more. There's more. You're in not going to find it. We don't have enough time. You're not going to find it. We don't have enough time. Project Manning. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so something going back to the original conversation, G, are you done? <laughs> going back, though, I mean, something that I found really surprising is that you actually went back to paramedic school because it's already hard to get in and then when you leave your confidence goes down oh yeah so you go back you don't repeat the first semester so 
going into where you are now, now you've made it through your internship, your clinical requirements, all the hours, all the patient contacts. Do you feel like it was the right decision for you? Absolutely. Um, I wasn't in the headspace to be there the first time. It was a struggle. And having that year off in the field, working more with other interns and other, you know, students that were either, you know, ride alongs, whatever the case, I realized how much more I learned in the field than I ever did in the classroom. Because the classroom is there to teach you how to pass a test and teach you the, the, the finer details that you can't learn in the field. You have to, you have to have that textbook information, but be, I, I was so much more well-rounded and more confident in myself and how to be even just an EMT and how to approach people in a different, in a different, in a different manner. Um, so I think, I feel like I learned more in that year than I would have had I completed the second semester. I honestly don't know that I would have passed my internship that first go round had I not had that year off. Mm-hmm. And going into the internship this last summer, it was like I was confident with people. I knew I knew my stuff and I knew myself and what I was capable of doing. And so that is I think that's it saved it saved my self confidence having that year off. I went in more confident than I was ever that first time around. So um, if you had to say something to an EMT considering paramedic school, what would you tell them just from your experience of being told that you were just an EMT? To, to be humble. You don't know it. <laughs> I don't care what anybody tells you. You don't know it. And you aren't going to know it. You are not going to know it until you experience it. I've noticed that a lot of people are like me in my learning style where you can read it in a book and you can be told what to do. But until you put your hands on it and do it, you aren't going to learn it. And so by being humble and going in with an open mind and not assuming that you know how to do everything because you went to EMT class or you even went through paramedic school, you don't know it until you do it and it's it's just that it's be humble and go in with an open mind uh and let people teach you because yeah you might you might you might know more you might be book smart and you can rattle off all those details but that doesn't mean you can be a people person it doesn't mean that you can treat people the way they need to be treated when they're sick or they're they've called 911 or whatever the case it's be humble and be open-minded because, I mean, it's, it's, that's, that's it. That's all, that's, that's the best advice I can give. And that's what I tell all the new ones that we get is be humble and just listen, be open-minded and listen and be accepting of criticism because you don't know it. Mm-hmm. I don't know it. <laughs> uh, no, that, that's great advice. And, uh, you know, the people listening, I'm sure appreciate that. Um, you know, now now that you're about to, you know, take the uh, National Registry test and all that good stuff, uh, getting your license, um, do we have any test anxiety? Where, where are we at? Where is your mental health uh, in, oh, in, oh, in... Oh, that's rough. That's rough. <laughs> <laughs> that's rough. I, I, I will be honest, I didn't pass it the first go-around. Um, it's, 
you come out of class and you come out of your internship and you and you think you know it until you take the national registry and then you don't know shit. <laughs> um, and, it, and it was it was you can edit that out if you need to. Um, <laughs> but it was a struggle. It, it it was it was that was a humbling moment for me. Is I thought I knew more than I did, and I took that test the first time. Nope, I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't know it, but I know where I need to focus. Mm-hmm. It's not how to. It's not how to be a people person. It's not how to be anything. Anything that you are in the field. We know field medicine is way different than actually taking the test. You guys know that. <laughs> um, so it's just. It was very humbling, and it, it real. It made me realize, and I got to. I got to dig a little deeper into this old brain because it's it's there i know i know it it's just being able to apply it in that situation mm-hmm. so it's, so it's a uh, not getting down on myself yeah 100 percent. yeah um so when it comes to being a female attempting to go from emt to paramedic you are a mom of three children um what do you think is the hardest thing on your mental wellness right now Right now is, is the being away from the kids mm-hmm. because I work, you know, I do a 48 hour shift. Some days it's a seven or some weeks it's a 72. Um, it's being away from the kids. But the one thing that they do understand is that I'm helping. It doesn't matter if it's a 911. It doesn't matter if it's a lane transfer to San Francisco at two in the morning for, for a BLS call. It's the fact that you're there helping and they have the freedom to call me. They have the freedom to see me. They can come to the station, whatever it is to visit. So we have that, those little breaks of, of our separation, but they understand it. And I make sure that we talk about what the job is and we go over, we talk about it. We go over calls that we've had, you know, even the gruesome details about real situations. I mean, my 13 year old, he gets it. He understands. Don't be stupid. Don't do drugs. Don't, you know, wear a seatbelt, all those things because of our level of communication. We communicate and communication is the key to make this work. Mm. Because if I just walked out every, every week and like, well, see you in two days, they would never understand that. So right now the hardest part for me is that, that guilt of being Mm. away from them, missing out on things. Um, But the thing about EMS, it's very flexible. At least my department is, it's pretty flexible. And I, I am allowed to do a lot of things because I have a family Mm. and family is important. So for me, it's, it's the mom guilt, Mm. which I think is a lot for all working moms. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I I think you're handling that very well. I mean, I, I wouldn't know, Bree would know uh, more than myself, but you know, just the way you're talking and and the way the humbleness that, you know, that you're coming, coming out with, I think that that speaks volumes to, to, your your experience is mm-hmm. that you know and uh, and we wish you the best of luck with taking that uh national test okay. again um uh, i wish i could tell you but i guarantee you i can't pass that <laughs> if uh i was given that test right now i've been a medic for almost 10 years oh my. Uh, there's no way uh, right. because the field is very different than the book absolutely yeah. um but uh you're not off the hook just yet we have something called rapid fire for you and, okay, um, and you're on the hot seat already with a national test, uh, but now you're on the hot seat with Project Mayday. Mm-hmm. And uh, the rules are, we're going to ask you five questions, and uh, you have to answer in one word or one phrase, all right? Okay. We got that? 
I'm ready. All right. Okay, Mickey. First question. What was the hardest subject in paramedic school? Uh, respiratory. Cardio, uh, respiratory capnography. Hmm. Okay. okay. Number two, if money wasn't an issue, what would you be doing with your life? Traveling. Yeah. A side question, where to? 100%. Oh, I want to go Scotland, Ireland. Oh, my, yeah. first, my first bucket list item. Hmm. All right. Okay, number three, what are you superstitious about? Oh. Is there any, uh, any framework on that? Or is it just, oh, karma. Karma, I, I, yeah. Karma's a bit. But... <laughs> Karma, karma will come back. We've all felt karma. karma. <laughs> She's yeah. had a lot of karma. I've had, I've had my I've had my fair share of karma. I got you on that. All right, number four. What is your greatest accomplishment? For the lack of sounding, I don't want to sound cheesy. My kids. My kids are my heartfelt. My kids are are it. I will brag about them all day long if you let me. <laughs> And last question, what is one word to describe yourself? Mm. I'm a mom. That's awesome. In all aspects, mom. Yeah. That's awesome. No, yeah, definitely. That is a good word. All right, Mickey, well, thank you so oh, much. Can I, can I be can I be really really inappropriate and say birth giver because moms don't exist? <laughs> <laughs> Let's do that. I'm a birth giver. My son called me that the other day. A birth giver. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I like mom not, better. Yeah, I, I like mom better for sure. <laughs> okay, I know you can edit that. I'm <laughs> you want to remember? Yeah. Um, again, uh, Mickey, just the way you're, way you're speaking, just. The, the power and the, and the absolute, you know, just humbleness and the ownership of your story. Mm-hmm. Uh, you 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 exude that through and through. And, mm-hmm. you know, we thank you so much for coming on our show and uh, to tell your story. And, and also, you know, that you're you're not at where you want to be and you're mm-hmm. getting there. Yeah. And I think that's that's where all our viewers are are um, are attaching to or, you know, wanting to hear is someone that's not doesn't have it all. Yeah. Uh, but is working their way to that and i think that you you exude that through and through so thank you again for coming on uh we really appreciate it no absolutely uh this is project mayday call out call out i finally